Welcome to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes, a show brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. I'm Kyle Hyman, here with our good bishop, who's going to chat with us today about diocesan finances, where all that money goes. Are you excited about this, Bishop? Sure. Good. Although we should have had Joe Ryan, our diocesan finance officer. He could speak better about it than I can. Yeah. <laughs> well, and there was a, during the video, our parish showed the Bishop's Appeal video. Okay. I don't know if, if all of the parishes have shown that by now, but there was a slide that kind of popped up while you're talking with the finances, which I thought was really great that you're sharing that publicly, but thought maybe we could dive a little bit more into that. Before we get into the the actual kind of financial breakdown and where the money's going. Bishop's Appeal, every year you come up with a theme for it. This one very much centered on the Eucharist. Yeah, it seemed appropriate. We just began in June, the three-year Eucharistic revival nationally and, of course, within our diocese. So it seemed really important that we, we focus on this awesome gift that the Lord Jesus left us, the gift of his holy body and blood. And when you think about the work of the diocese, the work of the church, Everything we do has their, has its center in the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. You know, all our ministries, all the apostolates, all our services, both the services of our diocese, of our parishes, the services which the appeal supports, find their center in the Eucharist. And the church draws her life from the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. I often think of that sentence from the Second Vatican Council, which said that the Eucharistic sacrifice is the summit toward which all the activity of the church is directed and the fount from which all her power flows. Mm. So I wanted to have a Eucharistic theme this year, and we we ended up choosing John chapter 6, verse 51, part of the Bread of Life discourse, where Jesus says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. And by the way, my flesh for the life of the world, that's the theme of the whole three-year revival. Great theme. And the whole idea that the Son of God came down from heaven to give life to the world. And he did so by dying on the cross for us, to redeem us, to open heaven for us. And that sacrifice of his love becomes present on the altar at every Mass. And then the Lord gives us his very flesh to eat and his blood to drink in Holy Communion. And from that, we're called to live with the grace of Christ that we've received, uh, lives of self-giving love and service. The Eucharist nourishes us, strengthens us for our mission to bring his life and love to the world. So... It was easy kind of to talk about the bishop's appeal in this light, that donations to the bishop's appeal are the, you know, the financial means by which we can, you know, perform our mission. And as I said, all our mission is in the end centered in the Holy Eucharist. It makes me think of that story of... I don't even know if this is accurate or true story or it just gets handed on. I think it was like JFK or somebody is going to NASA and sees a guy that's cleaning the floor or whatever and asks him what his job is. He says, I'm, I'm here to put a man on the moon. Uh-huh. And that idea that everybody, if you understand like the end, then whatever your contribution is to that is toward that end. So 
all the different ministries of the diocese, it, you know, maybe to form disciples. But if the Eucharist is the source and summit of our faith, then that isn't forming disciples isn't the end of itself. It's to bring them to Jesus, to bring them to the Eucharist. Right. Exactly. Really, it's it's to bring people to Christ and also because Christ is our Savior and through him we have access to the Father and access to heaven. So the Eucharist is called the sacrament of charity. It's the greatest of all the sacraments. I like the idea of, you know, connecting and thinking about all we do in this light because in a sense it gives a particular focus. When we think about why Jesus instituted the Holy Eucharist, it really gives a certain purpose to our lives. And, Mm. you know, he did it to divinize us, to share the divine life with us, and to bring us total human fulfillment in God. So when we think about all the different things that the that we do in the diocese and in our parishes, that's the ultimate purpose. The Lord gives us the gifts of the sacraments, which we celebrate. He's revealed to us the truths, which we hand on and pass on, and then calls us to a life, a Eucharistic style of life in which we go out to serve others, especially those who are sick and suffering, poor and needy. It's all connected. Mm-hmm. So what was the process of taking that idea, which is, I I feel like you could probably talk for another 10, 15 hours on the Eucharist. Uh, How do you boil that down into a, an appeal video, which is about finances as well as the theme? Well, I basically decide on a theme myself Uh and I will reflect on that theme and kind of flesh it out a little bit, the content But then as far as how it's presented, for example, in a video to the people of the diocese and or the brochures, et cetera, I leave that to our communications office and Mm -hmm. our development office. And I let their creative juices work. You know, I don't have that talent of art, et cetera. So so they can take my ideas. I'm more of an idea person and they can flesh it out. And. Sometimes there's particular aspects of diocesan life that we'll focus on because it more clearly connects to the theme Mm -hmm. of the appeal for that year. You know, some years we might focus on seminary education. Other years we might focus on, you know, our Catholic schools. Another year we might focus on Catholic charities. But to be honest, every year all of these parts of diocesan life and apostolate are funded by the appeal or a big chunk of, and, and speaking of finances, I know like it's really important to me that we always be transparent. Mm. You know, every year we publish a summary of the budget in today's Catholic. We have a lot about the budget and finances on our diocesan website. There are no secrets. Mm-hmm. You know, it's important that we be transparent that people know and can find out where their money is going. That is really important. I insist that our pastors do the same in the parishes, Mm -hmm. that they are required to print in their bulletins every year their budget so people know not only about income, but how the money is being spent, the expenses. 
So we need to do that on every level of the church, and we certainly do it on the diocesan level. And yeah, so that gives you just an idea. And we have a whole process for planning the budget. All right. Well, I want to hear a little bit more about that budget. Uh, you've offered to share that with us today. And you can find the video as well as some of the numbers available and links to even more reports and stuff like that. If you go to dioceseffwsb.org slash ABA, Annual Bishop's Appeal, dioceseffwsb.org slash ABA. There's the English video. There's also one in Spanish, the numbers that we mentioned and links to more reports. So you can find those there. You can find past episodes of this show at spokestreet.com slash askbishop. And we're going to dig into the finances, where the money goes, how budgeting decisions are made, and more coming up on Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes, brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. What's the difference between Notre Dame Federal Credit Union and a bank? Well, banks are owned by investors looking to make a profit. Notre Dame FCU is different. We are a not-for-profit, member-owned cooperative. Our mission is to help our members improve their lives with products, services, and education. If we end up with too much money ourselves, we simply give it back to our members. Last year, over a million dollars. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Welcome back to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. We've been talking about the annual Bishop's Appeal, uh, the video, the theme about the Eucharist. Now kind of digging into the finances, the diocesan-wide goal is about $5 million, from what I understand. A little over. So mm-hmm. what is the process for planning a diocesan budget like this? Every year, I would say usually about January or February, we follow fiscal year. So every, you know, January or February, we start the process. So obviously the, the leader in this is our diocesan finance officer, chief finance officer, who is Joe Ryan. He does a great job. He's been in this position for many years, great hard worker. And so Joe will send out to all of the secretariats. As you may know, I've structured in offices in groups called secretariats. And within the secretariats, there are offices and ministries. The heads of these secretariats are part of what I call the bishop's cabinet. So who I meet with as a group on a monthly basis. So the secretaries and I should add the vicar general because he has a lot within his office. They will look at their budget of the past year and they will have to begin planning a budget for the next year. And they will submit, they give, they have a deadline to submit a proposed budget to Joe Ryan. So he receives all of these proposed budgets. And of course, we analyze it according to how things were the prior year. We also look at things like salary raises, increases. We look at what should the mileage reimbursement be? I mm-hmm. mean, there's just like any business, you know, you have to plan a budget. We look at health and accident insurance, depreciation, unemployment and retirement expenses. So they all have, all these things have to be looked at. And and if there's any new initiatives that are being planned, you know, there could be requests and each department or each secretariat 
They may have some capital needs that they would ask. You know, they need new computers or whatever it uh-huh. might be. So, so all of this comes into the business office, comes to Joe Ryan. And then we have what's called a review of this by the, the budget review committee of the diocese, which is a committee of priests. And they analyze the budgets. And each of the secretaries, capital S, they would come in and be able to answer questions Mm -hmm. that the committee asked them about their budget. At that point, so that takes another month or so, so there's a real study of everything, and we want to be very careful that the money is spent wisely and prudently, that nothing's being wasted. Of course, we have our priorities. There are certain things that we have to fund, like the education of our seminarians, et cetera. We want to provide just wages and, and all of that. Then the Diocesan Finance Council looks at the budget after it's been looked at by the Budget Review Committee with their observations, their recommendations. Mm-hmm. They may they may say, well, we don't we think this should be cut, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Diocesan Finance Council, which is mo- almost all laity, and they are business people, they will also analyze it. So I get all of this input. I get input from Joe Ryan, the Diocesan Finance Officer. I get input from the Budget Review Committee of Priests. I get input from the Diocesan Finance Council, uh, you know, our lay experts. And I have to make the final decision. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes in the process, as I see what's happening, I'll have questions that I'll raise. Or I might say, listen, we have the Eucharistic Revival now. We have to find some funding for these projects that I think we need to do in the diocese for the revival. So, you know, I obviously have an important voice, but I also want to hear their advice. I want to listen. I am not a financial expert by any means. So I need to listen carefully. But in the end, you know, I have to make the final decision what to approve. I will not approve about a budget that's not balanced. So therefore, I am often often find myself in a position in May where I have to make cuts. Yeah. I think almost every year, almost every year that I've been bishop, I've had to make cuts, which is not easy. Yeah. But at that point, I have to say, okay, we can't afford everything that is being asked or find other ways to increase income. Right rather than having to make cuts. You know, I also have to make a decision of what kind of salary increase it's going to be. One of the things that investment income is a big part of balancing the budget, and that can go up and down according to the mark, according to what's happening in the financial world. So I know our Dyson Finance Council, we used to budget a higher percentage for investment income. We've been trying to bring that down so that we're not so dependent on it, right. but we're not at a point yet where we can not budget investment income. Huh. If we were able to build up our endowments, that would be possible, but we have a long way to go to build the endowments. I don't know if you want to get into some of the particular main categories of the budget, but I'd be happy to talk about yeah, that. And I think sometimes it's hard to hear about numbers, especially if we just go through the list and kind of hammer them out. It might be easier for people to just go look it up at dioceseFWSB.org slash ABA, where you've got the different categories. But maybe just kind of highlighting what are some of the biggest 
categories of the expenses? Where, where's some of the biggest chunks going? Well, or there we, any, have like, four, we have four diocesan high schools, and we give uh, a subsidy to them every year. So that totals a million dollars right off the top. We also have the education and formation of our seminarians. That's a big, big item. That's been often over a million dollars as well when we had the larger numbers. Because we were unable to really balance budget, given the increase in the number of seminarians we had some years ago, I instituted the Pentecost collection, Mm -hmm. and that has really helped because we're able to use that as a significant portion, and that helps me to balance the whole diocesan budget because we have this special collection usually in June, whenever the Solemnity of Pentecost falls. Mm -hmm. So those are very big budget items, about a half a million dollars, maybe 600,000 almost goes to communications. That's all our social media, today's Catholic. You know, we have priest retirement, that's about a half a million dollars. We're underfunded there, so if any Hmm. listener wants to give a a gift to help us to, to fund our priest retirement, We also fund the different offices, the Catholic Schools Office, obviously Catholic Charities, the Tribunal. We have the Secretariat for Catechesis and Pastoral Ministries. We have the Family Life Office, Hispanic Ministry, Office of Worship, Youth Ministry, Young Adult Ministry. And we also give grants to parishes. For example, we have, you know, particular agencies, for example, that we help out. Catholic groups. Mm-hmm. That's not a large amount, but it still is. Yeah, well, it's not It's not insignificant. We have, a, a, like for needy parishes that we, that let's say just can't afford certain necessities that they can apply for a grant from the diocese. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of gives you a, like a big picture of, but again, I want everything, everything's transparent. Everything's there for people to look at if they go to the website kind of putting you on the spot here. I don't know if you would have these figures in your head, but if you had to guess, like what percentage is going toward people's salaries? I feel like that's usually a, oh, a wow. huge expense for businesses and organizations. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is, I mean, when you look at the offices that I've mentioned, yeah, the majority of the expense would be salaries. Not when it talks about seminary education, that's sure. not salaries, that's yeah. tuition. Or if you look at let's say the subsidy to the schools mm-hmm. for high schools, that's not for sa- that's not salaries. But when you look at the other offices, you know, the secretary for pastoral ministries and catechesis, young, youth and young adult, all those things, the tribunal office of worship, different offices, the vicar general's office, my office, mm-hmm. it's mostly, mostly salaries. What do you think is something that people might not think of as an expense that the diocese has, or maybe something that is more expensive? You mentioned, you know, seminary and education being a big one. That might be something that people don't even think of. Anything else that you can think of that's like, oh, yeah, I forget that that has to be covered. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, sometimes people don't realize that priest retirement needs to be covered, you know, or... Even some of the programs we have for continuing education of priests and deacons. Yeah, I didn't mention the formation of deacons. You know, in January, I'll be ordaining 18 men to the permanent diaconate. Mm. Well, you know, we have costs associated with that for their education. 
but I'm not sure that there'd be too many surprises. I think also think about the buildings. I mean, we have the Archbishop Knoll Center mm-hmm. in Fort Wayne and also the St. John Paul II Center in Mishawaka. Right. So we have to pay for those buildings mm-hmm. and their maintenance and the utilities. I mean, we had a big expense last year for the parking garage right. of the Knoll Center. But we have to have safe buildings. Yeah. So there's things like that. Technology is another area, you know, laptop computers and all of that. You know, those are always anyone who's involved in this kind of work knows that, yeah, there's expenses associated with technology that can be. And then we have the normal expenses that people have trying to balance your own budget in the home. I mean, the telephone bills and and postage and Mm -hmm. Now you say, well, what food, who gets food allowances from the Bishop's Appeal? Well, my salary, I, I, that's where, I, you know, I have to be fed, uh-huh. but there are others too. You know, so I think it's, but I'm pretty thrifty, yeah. you know, like I'm not, I try to be very thrifty and some would use the word cheap. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> I'm very conscious that this money comes from uh, the generosity of our people. And therefore, I think it's important that we be thrifty. And, you know, avoid any kind of luxury. If there was a department that you could get more funding for or something that doesn't exist, that if you had funding, you'd want to start, what would be something you'd wish you could add to the budget? Oh, yeah. I I would love to add more counselors for Catholic charities. Mm. There's such a need. And, of course, there's no government funding for that. So we have to get private funding. You know, we have some excellent counselors, but the the requests that we get for family counseling and all of that, we just don't have. We have to refer a lot. I wish we could hire more counselors. The other thing that comes to mind, there's obviously teacher salaries I would like to increase. And we did last year, and I'm increasing the salaries again this year, but we still fall behind the public school teachers. Yeah. Now... You might say, well, how does that affect the diocese? Well, it really affects, it's really the parishes for the grade schools, but it's also the diocese for the high schools because they're Mm -hmm. diocesan high schools. So it affects the rate of tuition. You have to always be careful of how much you raise salaries because it means raise tuition. If we had more money, we could, you know, give more to the high schools so that they could increase salaries more. Mm -hmm. That would be wonderful. Again, I get back to endowment too because... And when you look at institutions, especially colleges and universities, and they are not under as much stress in the sense that often, well, it depends on how much endowment they have. Some are under great stress. But if you have good endowment, you're not so dependent on annual giving for things like this. Right. I don't know how much you look at other dioceses and their budgets and compare maybe like overall, like big picture how does our total budget compare to a diocese our size? Are we are we doing better financially than than others? Or I can't say for sure. I would say though, what I do know is that we are one of the most successful, if not the most successful, in an annual appeal. Really, as far as the amount that we raise compared to other dioceses our size. Hmm. As a matter of fact, we surpass di- many dioceses that are larger than us. Yeah. So the generosity of our people is is tremendous. But that allows us to, we don't assess the parishes as much money mm-hmm. 
because of the bishop's appeal. So what we call in canon law the cathedraticum, that's the tax that a parish has to pay to the diocese. Because of the bishop's appeal, that brings that tax way down. I don't remember the percent right now. And another great incentive is, you know, we talk about that 5.1 or $5.2 million goal. We often go way above $6 million, but all that overage goes back to the parishes, mm-hmm. which is a great incentive, but also allows parishes to to do things that maybe they wouldn't otherwise have the, the money to do. Right, right. Another question you might not know the answer to, but uh, categorically, if if you know or if you had to guess, how how would our percentage breakdown of where money is being spent compared to other dioceses? I don't know. Are there others that are dumping not, a lot more or less into communications or... Yeah, that I, that's yeah. a good question. I, I have not looked at that. I would... I could only uh, suggest that since we've done so well with priestly vocations, mm-hmm. I would I would guess that they would not be paying as much. They would not have such a big bill right. for seminary education. I would say we would be spending a, a lot more on that than other di- most other dioceses our size. Depending on whether they have diocesan schools like we do, I'm not sure. They may or may not be giving a subsidy to their Catholic schools. So it all varies according to what services the dioceses offer. Yeah, Some may subsidize Catholic charities to a lesser extent mm-hmm. than we do. I think Is, this year we've given, I think we give 425000 to Catholic charities annually. Yeah. And Catholic charities is its own nonprofit separate from the diocese? It's a, it's a corporate, its own corporation, but I'm the, it's really tied to the diocese okay. because I'm, a member of the corporation. So that 425000 is what's coming from the bishop's appeal, but the other funding would go directly to, if I donate to Catholic Charities directly, right. yeah. that's on top of that. That's correct. So Catholic Charities has individual donors. They do their own development. Mm-hmm. They're working on that. Like we had the gala last year for the 100th anniversary. Right, yeah. So the proceeds from that would have gone directly to Catholic Charities, mm-hmm. not to the diocese. And you mentioned every year you have to cut the budget in different places. How often do you have to make difficult decisions of actually cutting programs or, you know, even closing schools or parishes or cutting staff that? I've not had to do any major thing like that. Some dioceses that have faced bankruptcy or, mm-hmm. or have had really difficult financial problems, they've had to do that. But we've never had like a major layoff of a lot of people. In all my years as a bishop, I've not closed parish. So Mm -hmm. I've always tried, I don't, I'm not saying I never will, but always try to find creative ways to keep a parish going and to not just keep it going, but to flourish by particular ministries. For example, we've had some inner city parishes that are now thriving because they now have Hispanic ministry Mm -hmm. and are bilingual parishes. If that hadn't, and these are you know, for example, Polish parishes in South Bend, where most of the Polish descendants have moved out of that neighborhood, mm-hmm. and now they're filled with Mexican-Americans. Mm-hmm. So those parishes have been able to be sustained. That would not have happened if they didn't have Hispanic ministry there, right. if they didn't have uh, Spanish masses, et cetera. 
So we always try to find ways. I did have a merger of three Catholic schools early on as bishop. St. Monica, St. Joseph, and St. Bevo's mm-hmm. and Mishawaka were struggling, each of them separately, so they were merged into one school, although all three physical facilities are still used. Right. It did save money on administrative costs, et cetera. So we've had that merger, I'm trying to think, but I can't think of any school either that's been closed during my tenure. There are a few that are struggling mm-hmm. that we really need to work on. You know, they, they really need to increase enrollment or they could find themselves in a very difficult position. There were a couple of schools that the diocese heavily subsidized inner city schools because of our commitment to the poor in our inner cities. They had high debts, large debts. Those are doing better because of the Choice Scholarship Program. Mm -hmm. And in a sense, I would say that saved some of our inner city schools. With the changes that were made this year for tuition, have we seen the effects of that? Did that help out? schools a lot financially? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, well, first of all, we saw a good enrollment increase this year. Okay. Really significant enrollment increase. I think about 4% across Mm. the diocese. So the great majority of our schools had increased number of students. I hope that trend continues. Yeah. Yeah, I I haven't seen any reports. It's a little early as far as the financial situation this year, but with increased enrollment and the increase in tuition, I think that we're probably in better shape financially. But remember, part of that was to offset the increase in salaries for the teachers. Sure. I mean, that was the main reason. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, again, people can find a breakdown of this as well as the video for the annual Bishop's Appeal and links to donate, of course, at diocesefwsb.org slash ABA. We'll put a link in the show notes as well. So thank you for breaking that down for us. Appreciate it. You're welcome, Kyle. And before we go, could we get your Episcopal blessing? Sure. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now and forever. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Who made heaven and earth. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Bishop. You're welcome. Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes is brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit SpokeStreet.com.